Welcome to another episode of Singular 4C. Uh, this is your host, Miguel Martinez, Michael 27A. Today we have a very special episode. Joining us today is Uh-oh. CEO and co-founder, <laughs> Zach LeBeau. Hi, everyone. Hi, Miguel. Hey, Zach. Um, today it's actually uh, going to be a little bit of a different episode. I'm not going to call it an AMA, but we are f- addressing questions from the community, and who better to do that than... Sack. So, or so you would think. Or correct. So, we're going to start off by some uh, very old questions, um, real quick. And yeah, so it looks like, if I may just interrupt here, real quick. Sure. Miguel, it looks like we've got, yeah, several questions from the community. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. So, we're going to address um, one of the early questions from back in March. And this is from SpacePip. He is addressing the singles token model. So his first question is, does SDTV switching to the burn model mean that the project artist untoken will also have to adopt a burning model and essentially the reward model for artist tokens will be gone? If not, why not? Okay, so to answer this first question, Singular DTV is never intended to switch over exclusively to a consumption burn model. What we're doing is we're... We're experimenting with the burn model. We're experimenting with curation market models. We're, we're experimenting with so many different types of tokenomic models uh, to understand how they would operate in the wild, how they could benefit artists. So the, the entire point of doing all this research, research and development, making converter contracts, making curation market contracts, testing these out, is so that we can give artists options on their EtherVision channel so they can employ different tokenomic measures uh, as they see fit. So ideally, and this is something that Jason Terrell uh, of, of EtherVision can speak more about, but ideally we give artists the option on their EtherVision channel to exercise, to employ a number of different tokenomic models from the revenue reward model to the consumption burn model to curation market model, etc. Right, this is something that Jason uh, did speak on Singular 4C6 episode, the Entertainment Oddity Odyssey, and he mentioned that there's no one-size-fits-all from Singular DTV onto the artist. We are tracking and we're actually making different models so they can choose whichever one fits to their needs and how they want their sustainable economy to work. So yes, we're, we're trying to different things out. Um, SpaceSip uh, has another question. Are there any studies slash plans of testing the tokenomic models where I guess we just well, answered, I, I, answered actually, that one? Well, yeah, his second question is how will the token burn model be handled? And, and I would like to just speak on that yeah, a, a little ahead. bit because for those that don't understand a, a, a consumption burn model, basically, you, you know, when you employ the consumption burn model, uh, whatever token uh, it operates under, it becomes a deflationary uh, a token. With, it, with Singular DTV in our EtherVision architecture, basically the greater the consumption, the greater participation in an artist's channel, then the greater that the burn rate of that artist's token. So it becomes deflationary, and as long as that artist has his or her token uh, liquid uh, on some sort of exchange uh, where, where liquidity and volume uh, occur, then the deflationary action of the consuming of the participation of that artist's channel will basically reduce the supply of that artist's token 
and allow natural market forces to kick in. All right, third question from SpacePip. Are there any studies-slash-plans of testing the tokenomic models in the real world as early as possible? How much is known about whether SDTB's token models uh, work in real life? Is David Bowie the only example? Have you considered launching an early MBP to test out the tokenomic and models? So, so basically, the studying and the planning, the research and development of these, uh, the testing of these token tokenomic models is happening right now. We're doing it internally on a test net. Uh, there really is nothing known about the tokenomic behavior of these models uh, because no one's put them to the test before. So we're we're testing them now. Um, I think in 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 certain vacuums and certain very very uh, uh, controlled conditions, other companies are are testing out uh, uh, consumption burn and converter contracts and curation market contracts and things like this. Most of it's all theoretical. What's unique about us testing it, we're not testing it in a vacuum. We're, we're, we're using real world applications and, and behaviors. We're using audience consumption and participation of, of entertainment uh, as as the as the use case, this is the entire point of the EtherVision Alpha and the EtherVision Beta is to take it from the theoretical theoretical closed test net testing now, and and to start roll it out into the wild, rolling it out into the public. Uh, David Bowie is not an example uh, purely of what we're doing. David Bowie, there's no tokenomic cryptonomic principles involved in what David Bowie did. What David Bowie did, what was so evolutionary about what he did, was that he was the first artist to go onto Wall Street and basically uh, uh, sell to the quote-unquote public uh, future promise of, of uh, his royalties, of his music royalties. But that was done under a very Wall Street type uh, 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 setup. So that's, that's the major difference. And uh, the third part of the question, have you considered launching an early MVP to test out the tokenomic uh, models? It's the entire reason why we, we uh, launched Codex uh, in the beginning of last year. It's the entire reason we have an alpha and, and a beta. All right, so fourth question for SpaceBit. Legal, how much does the SEC announcement, announcement affect SingularX, SDTV, and the various platforms on Token? Projects, I'm sorry. So it's very important for us to deliver on our original promise and to do everything legally and right. These sort of things, these multi-jurisdictional securities regulation issues, they take a lot of time to to basically produce. There's a lot of minds, a lot of lawyers. Uh, so we look forward to making some exciting announcements uh, in the future about this new this new transition, this new phase of Singular DTV. Next set of questions. Petra Katana says. Please elaborate on the latest Wyoming utility tokens legislation and potentials for Singular DTV. Wyoming is is interesting and exciting because there's a lot of possibility there. There's a huge difference on what the legislature basically drafts and then the execution of it. So now we're in the execution phase. Everyone's starting to see exactly what that means, what step one, two, and three in Wyoming means, and um, uh, we're investigating it. We've we've got we've sent. Uh, a couple different teams out there to to um, figure out how we can implement certain infrastructure in Wyoming in the United States that deals with uh, a part of Singular DTV strategy. So uh, it's an ongoing uh, it's an ongoing investigation right now. So 
uh, we're, we're still figuring out exactly uh, how Wyoming and Singular DTV can move forward together. Awesome. But it is, a, it is an exciting potential for, for Singular DTV and uh, certain projects and initiatives we do, we do have going on. I see we're, doing, we're finally seeing a dawn of light uh, coming out of Wyoming uh, with all this that's, that's going on. I mean, we're, they're bridging the gap with, between legal and legislation and cryptocurrency. I hope so. I hope so. We, we are uh, sponsoring and conducting a hackathon Correct. out there. Uh, yeah. I do believe there are a few others with Consensus and Microsoft. That is correct. Uh, in yes. September. I think it's a single DTV consensus Microsoft event. And yeah, there's a couple of other projects that are going to be involved in, cool. in it. But yeah, uh, it's going to be awesome. And consensus uh, mainly over there. Do you, do you know when that is? It doesn't I, matter. I, 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 yeah, right. it's going to be in the, in the next couple of days. Well, no, it's in September or October. Really? Yeah. Oh, true, true. Yeah, no, it's a big thing. It takes time. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually thinking of another hackathon, but it's in Puerto Rico. Sorry. Yeah, we have another hackathon. There's, there's lots of too, too many things going on. Sometimes. Yeah, that's correct. I'm mixing um, times and such. All right. What are your steps to reach scalability? So this is a multi-layered question. Just trying to figure out how to answer it because are we talking about scalability, blockchain scalability? I think I'll tackle that one. Yeah. Because you know, right now in in these figures. I'm sure are, are a little off, but uh, uh, what the Ethereum protocol can do about 30 transactions per second. If we're talking Ether, um, y yeah, that's that's not scalable for for what we intend, what we need it need the blockchain to do here in the near to midterm. So it's one of the reasons why we've gone down the route of of developing Plug. And I've talked a lot about Plug. I've written a lot about Plug. Those who don't know about Plug should should definitely. Uh, uh, do some Googling about it. But basically what we're doing, okay, there, there's one side of the spectrum that sees Ethereum as, let's say, that side of the spectrum is the there's one blockchain to rule them all in the future, right? Uh, on the other side of the spectrum is that there won't be just one blockchain. There's going to be thousands and thousands of blockchains that, that are connected together, webbed together to form this, this meta chain. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the Ethereum Foundation and all the protocol devs, they're working on Ethereum. They're working on the scalability issues. That's great. So what we're doing is working on Plug. And Plug is this private consortium chain, this is the private consortium model that, that basically um, uh, is our emergency generator. So right now we've got that at, uh, on testnet doing about uh, 1,000 transactions per second, which is great. But it is a private consortium uh, uh, architecture. Uh, which is a little different. It does utilize certain centralized behaviors uh, so that we can speed things up. So what, what's most important for us is to get the features and functions, the, uh, uh, the, the, the benefits of blockchain technology, um, and Plug gives us that. And if we need to use Plug so that we can wait for the Ethereum protocol to, to be scalable, then great. We just need to have all of our bases covered. So. That's that's our steps in, in addressing uh, scalability, and hope to have an alpha out uh, of plug for developers around the world who can develop smart contracts using Python. We hope to have that alpha out sometime in Q3, Q4. This is going to be interesting because Python has become the most uh, used language right now. Even though C++ has been like the one to go to all this time. Now, because of big data, data science, artificial intelligence, and machine learning, and all that, Python has become pretty important. Well, one of the reasons that uh, you know, and Plug is a is a joint venture project between Singular DTV, Cadre, 
and centrality. centrality. Right. And one of the reasons why we're moving forward with Python is just because of that. It's, it's one of the most popular languages. Hopefully, uh, uh, because of that, we'll get a lot more people uh, developing smart contracts with Python, so it'll help spread faster, and we can get some really positive de- uh, dev momentum around the world for Plug. And uh, it's really exciting all the all, all the things that are going on uh, underneath the hood uh, for Plug on a blockchain level. W- what what Plug intends to be really is is a blockchain in a box, and. You know, we we could outfit EtherVision with Plug. We could outfit Tokit with 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 its own blockchain. We can we can outfit all these different modules and applications we have with different uh, uh, blockchains, and then and then hook them all together uh, to be to be a, a meta chain of I th- sorts. I, I think I can hear Ari saying it's the it's the Lego mat, so you can just build on top of it <laughs> with all the bricks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you know, in, in effect, Plug does have three layers, uh, and we won't get into that right now because yeah, no, we can not, keep talking not, about Plug forever. Not. But yeah, there's definitely three layers of Legos on the mat there. All right, so. all right, good stuff. So I guess you have answered and you have written a lot about this, um, but talk more about your singular DTV economy and how all the pieces fit together. Yeah, basically, and this is something that I first presented, that we first presented at uh, Ethereal 2017. Uh, It's all about gravitating value into the singles token. So every single application, every single module that we launch, every every aspect of the singular DTV uh, ecosystem has to gravitate value back to the singles token. That's what it's all about. And you know this this has been the most important thing from us uh, for us uh, from the very beginning. In, in 2016, we published uh, the single DTV summary overview before our TGE uh, about our, our plans uh, and especially about the revenue push in, into the singles token. And uh, that's something that that we uh, continue to move forward to deliver that architecture uh, and making that legal and compliant in all the jurisdictions that that we operate in. So again, it's all about gravitating all the transaction fees, all, 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 this, all, all the fees, all the value that we collect from all of our applications and pushing it into the singles token. I'm, I'm guessing that part of that will translate into this next question. When is your white paper out? You know, the white paper, we, we've, we've had a white, we've of course had a technical white paper from the beginning. And this has always been uh, proprietary. This has been private information. And f- for those that, out there that don't know, we, we've filed scores and scores of pages of patent applications. So all of that is very, very specific technical information uh, down to, to code that, um, that we have. We haven't made it public yet. Uh, when are we going to come out with a white paper? You know, I've always seen white papers as these theoretical uh, uh, academic uh, documents that, that basically theorize and, and possi- theorize as to uh, the mission statement of, of an idea and then possibly how the strategy and execution of it w- will go. I think we're way past uh, uh, a white paper of, of this sort. Uh, we're in the phase of releasing instruction manuals to our applications. We're in the phase of uh, very technical uh, uh, yellow papers or uh, very technical patent applications. So I don't think you're going to ever see uh, a white paper from us in the traditional sense of, uh, uh, of what white papers have meant to the crypto sphere of the past few years. I think that we're going to keep um, updating the Encyclopedia of Singular DTV, which is uh, on our blog, and we're just going to be uh, 
every now and then going in there and updating the progress and everything like that. Correct? That was one of the intentions at one point in time. Yeah, and, and what people also need to realize is that we've got a lot of different applications that we're putting together to make this platform, to make this ecosystem. And uh, uh, most of those applications have not been rolled out yet. EtherVision's a very big part of that. And we still have an alpha, a beta, and version 1.0 of, of EtherVision before we can get to what I'm very excited about, uh, an EtherVision version 2.0. More details about EtherVision 2.0 later on. All right. So they're asking, when is your Singular sci-fi series out? I think, um, I think uh, Singular is one of the hot topics uh, in the community. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. It would be irresponsible of me to actually put an exact time and date of when it's going to be out. But, but I will tell you this. I, we're working on it every single day. Every day. Uh, definitely every day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's um, I, I don't want to go into the minutiae of the producers that we've hired and you know how the scripts in the first season's coming along and where we're shooting the locations and, and all of that but working on it every single day so stay tuned for more specific updates uh, in the mid in the midterm awesome so Petro Katana says also please make a singular DTV promo video explaining your concepts would greatly appreciate for those asking basic questions yeah, that's yeah. a little frustrating because so we, we've, we've done so many videos and, and articles over the years. Uh, hmm. You know, yeah. I, I, answers, uh, I, I've, as a community manager, there has been many questions asked again and again. And it's, it's a cycle. Yeah. It's a repetitive cycle. And sometimes it's like, man, it, the, the information is out there. Uh, you need to read it. People don't yeah. read the articles. They just want to know when Moon, when Lambo, and nothing against that. It's just that there is a process of actually learning about this, and there yeah. has to be your responsibility about reading and educating yourself about the project that you're following, whether you want to be part of the token holder uh, ecosystem or you just want to know what it is about. So. I guess that yes, we could we could invest uh, efforts in this, but at the same time, there's so many gears and parts moving towards other things that we're actually trying to move forward with. That I don't know. I'm. It's 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 we really have it's really finding a, an efficient and productive, constructive way to give updates to the community has been uh, very challenging, and it's been it very is. frustrating as well. Yeah. Because you, you know. Our community managers really, they've, they've got it pretty tough because they're fielding scores and scores of questions, but there's only a couple, a couple people receiving these questions. Right. It doesn't take that long to ask a question, but I tell you, it takes a while to, to draft, to formulate a thoughtful answer that actually conveys a, a, a meaning of substance and complies with, with multi jurisdictional regulatory concerns as well. So it, it's, you know, with Telegram and Discord and, and Facebook and, and all of these, it, it, they're just not very efficient uh, uh, updating and communicating uh, um, uh, portals for us uh, because of this. And, and what we're doing, it, it's, it's so complex. It definitely transcends one person's ability to understand all of what we're doing. You know, right. like on, on the... In an EtherVision meeting, we'll have 35 to 40 people. That's 35 to 40 different minds of different disciplines in different sectors of different industries. So uh, 
in order for for us to really give informative answers, uh, it's 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 tough, and it, and it requires um, that community manager, uh, most like in most cases, to go to several different people to piece together uh, an informative answer, and it's just not efficient with with the communication portals that that we utilize. That's one of the reasons why the blog is so important, and articles ha- are constructed in a way that it's leading a new narrative about what we're doing. It's one, of the, it's one of the reasons why this podcast is so important too, I think. As well, yes. Yeah. Um, my main goal was to actually start uh, opening the window in communication with the community and educating them be, you know, behind the scenes a little bit because some people are very techy. They've been following the, our project from a tech side, yeah. but they don't understand the whole concept of the entertainment industry. Right. Even though I studied entertainment business, my main focus was music. And I've learned ever since I joined Singular DTV of all the things that go behind the scenes in the in the Hollywood slash entertainment music, uh, well, film industry. Yeah. And I've learned and I come, I've grown so much in that sense and I would have never imagined that blockbusters uh, actually lose money and they don't generate as much as they say because gatekeepers and intermediaries and I never thought about it like that. All, all in, my, in my mind, it was always about managers, producers, um, blanket licenses, mechanical licenses from music. Yeah. Now that I've learned about film, I'm like, whoa, this is completely different. Well, f- film is, okay, there's, there's so many different layers and factions and, and, and corners, rooms to, to, to the United States film industry, to Hollywood. Now factor that, now, now go over to Japan and figure theirs out. Now go over to China and figure theirs out. Brazil, etc. So it's, um, it's, it's a very complex uh, it's a very complex uh, a structure of, of entertainment industries out right. there that that we all are, are are needing to understand right for example um, and I'm, I'm I'm diverting a little bit you know but we just recently uh, started going um, about Spain and I've right. been and I've been reading about all the all of their pains all of their issues that they have to actually make it uh, from a uh, entertainment industry yeah. in Spain, and it's way completely different. It's very different. That what happens in Hollywood, or that what happens in the United States, and then we have Javier. Shout out to Javier; he's my buddy. Uh, all the way in Guatemala, which basically there's not an entertainment industry at all over there, and now he is basically leading the way in creating yeah. that. He's pioneering so his industry he, in exactly. Guatemala. Yeah, I'm really excited for him, and then. He is in that Telegram group on Spain, and he has been like a beacon of light for everyone to go like, so not only do we have in Spain a problem, but you are actually creating a whole mm. industry in Guatemala. Exciting. So this is exciting times, but Japan has, has a need. Puerto Rico has a need. Every single country has their own pains that they have to go through. So yep. Singular DTV is not a one, one shoebox where it just fits. I mean... We're a collection of shoes, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So next question is from Boomboxy. When are we going to have a preview of the content that will be on either vision? What genre? What music? I guess we, you kind of guys did that in Ethereal now in 2018. You and G. uh, Oh, yeah. You kind of like said, uh, announced a couple of things that they were going to have and and show uh, trailers. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's one of the reasons why we have an alpha coming up to, to basically, it's a private alpha. And yeah, we've got hundreds of alpha testers that uh, will really 
help us to have a uh, more effective beta launch. And during that beta launch is when we're going to start to um, show users, audience around the world what sort of genres and formats and concepts and content uh, we're going to be um, uh, releasing on EtherVision or that uh, that's going to be released on EtherVision. Because of course, uh, EtherVision is going to be permissionless. Uh, anyone and everyone will be able to start their channel uh, on EtherVision. Uh, it's going to be a staged process, a phage, phased process, because EtherVision is a hugely complex uh, uh, application. It, it's it's because it's international. It's it's universal. There's a lot of rights, licensing, uh, uh, technical issues, and um, it's if you know uh, token holders are going to be sorely disappointed if they think. Uh, they're going to see a beta that looks and feels as as awesome and convenient as Netflix or or Apple TV or something like that. So uh, this is this is a process uh, to build a peer-to-peer -peer decentralized international territorialist uh, uh, distribution portal. So yeah, um, I'm just throwing this out there. Um, there's been a lot of people that have been saying uh, we want to know how the UX feels and such. And I got to tell you guys, for example. Um, I actually miss Netflix all user interface on the Xbox 360 back in 2009. I loved it. It looked very cool. This one that's now on my Apple TV, I'm not sponsoring any of these products, by the way. Um, <laughs> this one, it's it's okay, but I don't feel it to be as intuitive. And I feel it's obnoxious because it previews uh, what they want me to see to yeah. see if I click on it or whatever. So, and I don't like Amazon's uh, Prime user interface I think okay. it's, it's buggy it's slow and it's not intuitive hmm. Hulu it's just way too complicated and they, sh they keep changing it and changing it um, Crackle Crackle I can I can deal with surprisingly enough oh, and, crack and, and Crackle I, is weird I pretty much like and use all of them uh, except my least favorite the way the UX is designed is Hulu for sure yeah Hulu is complicated in my opinion yeah they, they you know they just went through a, a, a a style redo, yeah, and I don't know. It just it seemed much easier and more intuitive to use before. Right, now it's, there's a bit bit of flash to it that doesn't make so much sense. But I do have to say that that's where the community comes in. The community can give, especially in the beta, they're going to be able to give us feedback about, uh, as far as the user interface and how it looks and feels. That's what they did with uh, Singular X, and so far they've been working on it. And little by little, we have been getting there, but. I mean, I'm the guy that likes the dark mode today, and tomorrow I'm like, I want to, I want to see pretty colors. And the day after, I'm like, I well, want to be all about red. So I mean, to, to teach it, their own, uh, it'd be correct. great to to have s customization options that you know fit everybody. But that's also a process to implement. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. going back to entertainment though. Really, you know, in, in talking about Hulu and, and Netflix and all these guys, really, it's all about the thing that's taken them to the next level is their original content. So Hulu That's doesn't true. necessarily need this super convenient, efficient user experience because most people are going there to see Handmaid's Tale, for example. You know, That's since correct. Handmaid's Tale has come out, their user base has has increased dramatically. That's correct. Um, Netflix, you know, when House of Cards came out and they started doing their, I mean, their user base increased dramatically. Uh, e even uh, YouTube Red. With uh, Cobra Kai, yeah, their user base is increasing dramatically, uh, and it's because of original content. And I'm sure there's questions in here about single DTV original content, but that's that's very important to us. And and we we do feel that our original content 
will definitely set us apart uh, from the rest and bring a lot of users and well, a lot of eyeballs to, to EtherVision. Yeah, I'm writing on my script to see if I can get in there. So <laughs> watch out for uh, Michael's Orion content. <laughs> um, cool. So Luminor asks, what payment rails and partnerships will you negotiate for non-crypto users? Yeah, I, I, you know, the usual, whatever the usual is in, in whatever country. In the United States, it's credit cards. Uh, in in China, what is it? Uh, we. Uh, um, I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm blanking on what it is, but I, I know what it is. Quans? No. Well, no, just the uh, uh, you know the interface that they use um, to pay for digital oh. content. Yeah. In, anyway, the the point is is that uh, yeah, there will be an array of of options, non crypto options uh, for for EtherVision. Right. Um, native to, to whatever country or region the, the user's from. All right. In the event of Ethereum network congestion, what measures are in place to ensure un, undisrupted quality of service? What are the priorities between the models and what are the interim model dependencies? Yeah, so we covered this a little bit before, uh, before and yeah. it's, it's basically one of the reasons why, or actually it's the main reason why we're we're heading down the route of research and development of Plug, which is our own private consortium framework, blockchain framework that can, well, at present, it's it's doing about a thousand transactions per second. Um, so uh, we have that initiative going. And uh, what are the priorities between the modules and our other, uh, what's the dependencies of, of, of the modules? They're, they're all designed to interact with each other in, in a very holistic approach uh, to, to become an ecosystem, to become an entire platform. We have development applications, production applications, distribution applications. We have support applications uh, for those three. And the entire point is to create uh, a platform, a suite of singular DTV applications to build a, a decentralized entertainment industry. All right. What is the content focus, UGC, or traditional scripted commission content? That, that's a question best answered uh, to uh, by uh, Jason Terrell and the Ethereum team. Uh, but I, listen, there's, there's, they have, I haven't sit, sat into uh, some of their internal meetings uh, recently, but uh, I know that they're dealing with several different strategies of uh, acquiring content, acquiring li libraries, uh, uh, different licensing deals of content and libraries, and we have a whole initiative of original content. So uh, best for Jason Terrell, uh, or even better yet, Kim Jackson, entertainment, uh, president of entertainment, uh, Dan Hyman, you know, uh, that, that crew over there to, to answer this one yeah. in more depth. Um, Luminar also asks, what are the revenue models, TVOD, AVOD, SVOD, and distribution paradigms, MPVD, etc.? There's way too many acronyms in that sentence. Yeah, uh, assuming that we're still talking about EtherVision, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, it's always been intended that uh, artists will have options of the different types of channels that they want to um, uh, create whether that be a subscription model or a transaction on demand model, uh, definitely no 
uh, advert video on demand models. Thank We're you. Totally moving away from all of that. Uh, in, in our dev ladder, uh, that entire advert that entire advert structure is uh, it doesn't work. Um, it it's not in the artist's best interest. It's not even in the audience's best interests. No. Uh, it is one of these sort of needless capitalistic business models that doesn't give any value to the artist or to the audience. And it, it, just a side note here, every time I see some sort of advertising media sort of a blockchain initiative, it, it, it's just interesting to me because it's like taking the worst of the old world and, and trying to implement, yeah, trying to bring it into the new world. And um, it, it, I'm not, not very closely, but in the periphery, I'm, I'm seeing you know, how these companies go. Uh, and and what that means, but no no advert video on demand. Um, so. Yeah, please don't. Um, also, Jason talked about the different models and what they're they're testing, and and again in Singular Four C episode six. So check that out if you haven't. Um, what is the plan for content creator onboarding? I guess that's mm. again that's a question more for the entertainment team about yeah. how they're working on that because there's way depending on on where where they are in the production phase um it depends. Yeah, it's more of a question for not only the entertainment team but the marketing team and we also have an onboarding and education team as well. As well, yes, true. And um that's that's it's a very layered Uh, meaty question, and I wish we had time to address it. And I'll get the them later on on one of our episodes, and we'll we hopefully we'll address that. I'm going to put a uh, pin on it and put it on the parking lot. Sounds good. <laughs> put it in the parking lot. Yeah, that's an old company uh, yes. reference. All right, Karim, who is from Spain, asks: Can you specify if there are charges to the reward system at the end? I'm happy for your great work, and thank you, thank you for saying. Uh, Dad, awesome. Thanks, Kareem. So, uh, yeah, changes to the reward system. Well, I will say this, that, uh, you know, in our summary overview that we published in 26 pre-TGE, uh, this is what we are moving to achieve, the entire revenue reward system that we've always been outlining. Uh, of course, we want to give more options. We want the ability, the flexibility to use different tokenomic, cryptonomic models uh, to to empower, make things more efficient, make them more productive, make them more profitable, all these different things. So again, the number one thing is to be able to gravitate uh, all that value, all that revenue into the singles token. It's a long process, but uh, we're, we're determined to deliver on our promise that we set out from the very beginning. Right. Jackie Chain, um, when and how do you plan to market your platforms so the people slash artists out there recognize what you have to offer? I, we have been doing this. <laughs> well, the, well, you know, th this, is, this is something that probably needs more um, uh, marketing input, onboarding and education team input. Uh, but, you know, from my point of view, one of the most important things is to get uh, really great original content out there on EtherVision to attract audiences. Attracting audiences are really important because they also attract artists because right. artists and their management teams want to distribute places right. where there is is a, is a big user base. I remember when YouTube came out and videos started going there and all the labels were extremely against uh, videos being there and all of a sudden studios started 
you know, making the channels for the artists and then uploading the content right then and there because they found a way to actually uh, do the mechanical license and the music licenses, copyrights and everything. And they figure out a way that everyone could get paid. But at the very, at the, at the very first uh, 2003, 2004, 2005, it, they were very against that. Right. I remember doing a, a paper about this back in college and how YouTube disrupted you know streaming on that in that sense yeah. now it's uh now actually i've met with producers in puerto rico and they're like i the first thing that i do is put everything on youtube because i know that that's where everyone goes to right and despacito actually is the i think it's the second ones now because it's been it's been knocked over but despacito from luis once and daddy yankee became the world's top uh most played song in youtube for a while and you know that's because audiences started migrating towards that. So definitely, right. before we we start telling everyone come and play with us, we have been very tactical about gravitating towards people that can have their content here and then masses join us. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why we've been making strategic partnerships and and deals with certain artists and production companies. Most that uh, have not been rena- uh, announced yet. Uh, we, we, we've got NDAs, scores of NDAs out there, uh, non-disclosure agreements with uh, really exciting uh, uh, people and entities that will be rolling out in 2019 and, and, and beyond. So uh, we hope that you know their fan base, their brand will attract attention to EtherVision and to Singular DTV. But also you have to realize that we have so EtherVision just has inherent innovations and functions and features that uh, uh, empower artists, creators, producers, entertainment investors, you know, the entire aspect of a transparent ledger, the entire aspect of, uh, of uh, no intermediaries in between instantaneous collection of revenue. I mean, these are extremely powerful. And we just need to uh, basically get as, as many eyeballs from uh, on our original content and uh, uh, bring on as many uh, interesting, unique um, strategic partners and, and, and artists uh, and have their fan base follow. And slowly, slowly, I think uh, I'm confident, I know it will ignite and momentum will build. And um, there you have it. Great. Um, next set of questions. I'm actually going to read them all three together because the weekend, uh, there could be a very swift answer. Okay. They're from, I'm sorry if I mispronounce this, Shawnaz UWO. Shawnaz UWO or Shawnaz UWO? No, Shawnaz UWO. No, I'm, I'm going to guess. So, how is your roadmap ahead? With so much concept techies are coming up with, how do you see singles competing with them? Where do you see singles in the next 180 days, considering volatility? Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, the first part of this three-part question is about the roadmap ahead. I. That's. I, we would need to go specific. There's so many different initiatives, projects, applications that are are coming together to build our platform. Uh, I'm not dodging the question, but we need specificity here. Right. Um, what I can say uh, that's most important to me uh, is the rollout of EtherVision and to have the alpha come out in Q3, to have the beta come out Q4, Q1, to have version 1.0 come out after that, 
uh, version 2.0 come out after that. Um, that's, that's really important. We do have a dev roadmap. Um, it is a phased approach uh, into OTT and into uh, mobile. Um, so it, it's, it's all being uh, figured out and, and scheduled and strategized. And we look forward to uh, announcing all of it, but specificity here, if you'd like to know about anything else, would, would be helpful. The second part of the question is, uh, with so much concept techies coming up, um, how do we see singles c competing with them? You know, we've, we've always had the, uh, the, the philosophy and attitude that we're not competing with anyone. I wish there would be other legitimate uh, uh, blockchain entertainment companies uh, that, that were out there developing. It, it, the problem is that you know, we, we, we want to cooperate and to partner and to develop with these type of companies. They're just not out there. Now, marketing will have you believe that there's quite a few of them out there, but when you start scratching below the surface, uh, you realize it's just service. There, there's, there's nothing else, there's nothing of substance fundamentally uh, beneath the, the white paper, the promises, and the website. And you know, we know this because we're in the entertainment industry, and um, people, talk. We active, people talk, we're actively engaged, uh, or we try to actively engage with, with all of them. Uh, it's, it's really quite um, astounding, actually. Uh, but if you, read, if you read the internet, or if you read the, uh, the, the articles and, and the blogs, it, it, it paints a very different picture, and that picture uh, is, is very inaccurate. Um, it's, one, it's one of the reasons why we've got such strong and interesting strategic partners that, we're, that we've signed NDAs with, that we're developing with right now. And a, a lot of these are, are very, you know, their brands are very well known. They have taken the time to go to every single blockchain company out there that they thought could, uh, do could this. help them. Right. And they've come to us. And they've come to us because they, they realize that we are in a very comprehensive strategic manner going about uh, uh, a plan and going about creating a team, going about creating a platform that, that takes care of, of so many different things. We don't just have technologists working uh, on things. We have uh, professionals in so many different sectors that we're entering into that can talk uh, very specifically about all the matters, concerns, and business that these right. companies hold dear. Other companies can't do that. They don't have the personnel to do that. They, they don't have the, 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 the strategy uh, to do that. So there's a lot, it's a lot like competition. There's a lot less competition out there than, than what people think. But then again, we just want to work with these companies because, because it's all about decentralizing entertainment. And it would be an amazing thing to show how entertainment content on EtherVision is compatible with blockchain uh, uh, con uh, you know, content companies all over the world. Correct. So, Co-o petition. And uh, the third part of this question, where do you see singles in the next 180 days? Um, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, we're but not financial advisors, so we can, no. and I, I mean, know. 2018 has been an interesting interesting year. Um, Actually, I when it comes to the singles token, I don't even really look at it or feel anything about it for short to midterm everything we're doing is, is for gravitating value into the singles token. And it's going to take time to put all the applications together to form this platform uh, to gravitate value into the singles token. So I would say the same. Same. Same as now. All right. So WorldSpark asks, how do we measure success and failure of Singular DTV? This is a really great question. It's um, 
a complex question, but to make it as simple as possible, the success of EtherVision and the success of Singular DTV go hand in hand. I agree. I agree. All right. Um, I just have the letter P for the name and handle. Please let us know when the SDTV branded kit will be ready. Um, are we talking about swag, like our um, l- like our merchandise? Or? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what P means, means, but that, this is a marketing and onboarding education team question. Yeah. So let's reserve that for them to answer. All right. We have Gray Panda. I love that handle. I am an TGE holder and have collected a good portion of tokens over the last year. I have confidence in SDTV's vision and as a business. However, I see myself as an investor and would like to better understand how value will be derived from singles, especially in light of recent changes announcing the movement away from reward. Yeah, that's... um. Well, hmm. no. Yeah, uh, yeah, basically, it's all about gravitating value into the singles token from all of our applications from the entire platform. Uh, it, it's really all about you know pushing that value, that revenue, uh, into the singles token. Uh, I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about what Gray Panda understands is the rewards or the reward system, just so I can better answer this question. Right. But also. You know, we're we're a we're a, a techno- an entertainment technology company. We're an in-tech company. We need to uh, experiment with all these different tokenomic, cryptonomic models so that we can find the best ways to gravitate value into the singles token. So, uh, ideally, we're not picking just one way to gravitate value. We're using a number of different models to to gravitate value. And this is the this is the big experiment. This is the great experiment that we're that we're conducting, right. and we really can't get uh, uh, the information, the data we need until EtherVision uh, is in beta and it's launching, and then it goes, you know, scales higher into in, into into a wider audience in version 1.0 and version 2.0. Yeah, it's all about releasing it to the wild, like you've mentioned in, in the past. All right, you know, we're we're just. The world is just beginning to understand how to really use blockchain. And, and I think most people out there who, who are aware of blockchain, uh, even at an intermediate level, I think that they would be completely surprised where blockchain technology is really at and what it's really capable of because it's, it's a lot further behind, I've found, than what most people perceive where most people perceive blockchain technology is at. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from, but I'm not going to go into those details. Um, Timothy asks, Zach mentioned, when people talk about Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, they're going to be mentioned in Singular DTV in the same sentence. We all know that these guys are huge. How does Singular DTV plan to win over the subscription-based TV audience? Are there plans to integrate with smart TVs, PlayStation, Xbox, etc.? Please share the strategies in these aspects. Um, the strategies are not to be mentioned right now because they're still we're still developing uh, this. But this is a great well, question. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of integration plans, right? For sure. As far as being able to compete with with uh, the biggies, number one, it's all about original content. And I've mentioned it before, we've seen already how original content has helped elevate the user base 
of multiple uh, multiple uh, portals. That's correct. Um, we've seen, you know, how Handmaid's Tale has, has, has taken... Actually, really, you can go back with Hulu, you can go back to Seinfeld. You can go back to the television libraries that they put on there originally. So uh, it was Seinfeld and, and certain older television libraries that really put uh, uh, an initial user base uh, right. to Hulu. Now, Handmaid's Tale, their original content, has taken it to the next level. That's We've correct. seen it with uh, YouTube Red with Cobra Kai. Kai. I mentioned that earlier. We've seen it with House of Cards. And Orange then, is the New Black. Every yeah, every single you know, Orange is the New Black, Stranger Than Fiction, right? All these things that have come out as original content on Netflix. Uh, even you know, we're in New York City, so we see Mark Strong's uh, uh, new TV series on Epics everywhere on taxi cabs on posters. That's true. That's How true. How many people know what Epics is? Well, you know what. Because I'm in the industry, I know I I, I know what Epics is. But uh, if I was just a, a casual audience member, I would have just learned about Epics. Why? Because Mark Strong is doing some you know spy action thriller television that's, series. That's true. So I I, you know, I I think it's safe to say I haven't seen the numbers on this, but Epics user base just jumped dramatically. So one of the most important things is getting really really great original content onto EtherVision and then letting people know that it's there. That's correct. Right, and the other question doesn't didn't provide a name or a handle, but it says, "What film is Singular DTV working on next?" Uh, we covered a little bit of this at uh, Ethereal Twenty Seventeen, yeah. so That's check true. that video out if you want to know a little bit more. Otherwise, I, I'm going to leave this answer. Uh, I'm going to leave this question to be answered by our entertainment team. All right, and we want to address a very. Uh, important topic uh one of our community members um john paul or jay smith or also known as urias as um a, a set of questions and we want to address them all right first question is platform users remain at risk and can only speculate as to the health of singular dtv operating as a closed centralized entity Singular DTV has failed to communicate allocation of investments in projects from the funds raised from the original, says here ICO, but it was actually a TGE, which was two years ago. Singular DTV has not issued any communications to artists, token holders, or community what role singles tokens have, if any, as to the investments made by Singular DTV. Most of these investments deviate significantly from what had been started in the original white paper. Singular TV selectively chooses to invest in specific artists and movies with no input from the community on the products. All right, so to answer this paragraph, to answer this question, it's, it's a little difficult because there's some statements uh, and assumptions in here that are false. Uh, you know, we, we have communicated the role singles tokens have. Uh, we've communicated that in, in videos and uh, in articles and blogs. So, you know, and, and we've always been very open that we're a code structure, a centrally organized distributed, distributed entity. entity. And, you know, the centrally organized aspect being this jurisdictional corporate uh, governance system. And the distributed entity being, you know, the blockchain decentralized applications that we're building. The, the, the important thing is, and I've said this from the very beginning, the reason why we're centrally organized, why governance is centrally organized, is we're dealing with this new intersection of entertainment, finance, and technology. And it requires 
it requires experience and professionals from those different industries in order to make uh, informed decisions on how to move things forward uh, you know, in a, in a way we believe means success and proliferation of singular DTV. I mentioned this earlier. We've got 35 to 40 people in the EtherVision meetings, 35 to 40 different minds. It, it transcends any one person's ability to understand and communicate uh, exactly, exactly what we're doing. It takes a whole team of people now right. to, to formulate and, and understand exactly what we're doing. Uh, people from all different skill sets and sectors and industries. So I, I think that um, I, I don't know how else to answer this question. And, and this, is another, this is another reason why it's very challenging to answer questions from the community because oftentimes these questions are happening in the vacuum of, of, the, of the asker's mind. They're not, they're not here um, in the office with us understanding the totality of everything that's going on. That's correct. Uh, and if they want to understand the totality of everything that's going on, they have to sign NDAs, come in here and spend considerable time with us. And, and much of that which they learn, they won't be able to actually communicate to the public because of the entire NDA uh, process. And on top of that, you know, we, we've, we've grown considerably as a team. And I just see how long it takes uh, team members to understand the totality of what we're doing. Months. Correct. Months. Months. That's correct. Yes. Especially for, for example, in my case, and I've said that a couple of times, uh, first time we, you explained to me the whole singular DTV thing, I was blown away that it took me about four months to actually grasp the idea of the blockchain and Thai legacy world with uh, this new world that we're, you know, creating the, the, the platform for. So there's, we, we tend to say this a lot, but there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. And if you go into, I don't know, a clock or something, there's a lot of gears and we're, happen. It's, you know, we're working on this every day. It's, so it's I can understand the frustration of a lot of community members who, they're not working on it every day. They're checking in once in a while. Um, they could be casual observers or hobbyists. Uh, Cryptosphere hobbyists, but um, uh, it's it's being able to communicate the complex specifics of everything we're pioneering is virtually impossible to do on Telegram and Discord. Uh, it was really great that uh, Himalayan Guru came in, and we were able to spend a day with him because that that those couple of hours were more productive and constructive for his understanding of what we're doing than entire two years of communication on social media channels, on Slack. Amazing. Actually, I'd like to also add, add something as well that is interesting to me. I read or heard, I wanna say six months ago, sometime last year, that, I don't know if this is true, but it was intriguing. I think that the figure was 92% of TGEs and ICOs that happened in 2016 are now out of business. Last month, someone came up to me and said, congratulations. And I'm like, for what? He goes, Singular DTV is the only company that launched a token in 2016 that's still around. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. 
I read something a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and I'd have to check these figures as well, but this person wrote that I think four months after the average ICO launches, 50% of them close their doors. They're out of business. You know how uh, in early in 2018, a lot of companies were moving to Puerto Rico because the whole Puerto Puerto Crypto or Puerto Rico Crypto Valley or whatever they want, whatever they wanted to call it. Right. Um, I know kids that went out of college, they graduated, they went to work with those companies because they were really excited about building stuff, and now they're out of out of a job and yep. they don't have anything because those companies came in and three months, six months later, they're no longer there. One of the hardest things you can do is run a business where you have to deal with lots of people across lots of countries and jurisdictions. It's one of the hardest things you can do. And if it were easy, of course, everyone would be doing it. But um, yeah, those who aren't actually engaged in, in running a business or being a part of a business at an executive level that's, that's so uh, complex, um, it's, it's very difficult to understand the, the challenges that we're dealing and facing with Uh, every day that, that all companies are. That's why so many of them go out of business. And when it comes down to it, the number one thing that, that makes a business successful is the team, the right team. We have that. We have that. We have that. All right. Second question. An artist choosing to upload their content to Singular DTV's legacy centralized platform is exposing their content to risk. The current setup discussed by Singular TV for content is one that is predominantly centralized in nature. A malicious group could target Singular TV's servers and attack the network in an effort to steal digital content or prevent the platform from working properly. Singular TV currently, to the community's knowledge, does not currently offer any insurance or bonds arbitration to users of the platform that may be impacted by such possible events. So this is a Yeah, this is a question that um, seems to be a conclusion that the questioner has made if they, if they had reviewed intimately everything that we're doing. So, listen, you know, the architecture for EtherVision hasn't been disclosed to the public. That's correct. So assumptions on its centralization, decentralization are, are, are just that. They're assumptions. In short, though, you know, EtherVision... It's being designed to be a decentralized and peer-to-peer -peer distribution portal. Okay, exactly. decentralized, peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, that should answer the question right there. You know, in, any point of attack. Exactly. At, It, you have to attack me, and then your, the, your hardware, exactly. your computer, right there. Right, right, you right. Know? The one in the one in Puerto Rico, which acts as my server. Yeah, or your TV. You know, when it's OTT, or your mobile device. Exactly. However you do that. But listen, the important thing that to. to To understand here, though, is over the next few years, we're rolling out EtherVision in stages. There's an alpha, there's a beta, there's a version 1.0, there's a version, a version 2.0. So each stage will have its own unique features, functions, and characteristics. Um, points of attack, of, again, it, it, it's hardware. Yes, ultimately. Point three. Lack of revenue flow for content throughout the ecosystem. Supporters of Singular DTV have no way to understand revenue flows or currently health of Singular DTV. 
Some of, signal, some of Singular DTV's campaigns or projects appear to blur the lines between additional funding raises, examples, Grammatic, Singular Japan, and others, while failing to disclose to possible new investors and current investors slash supporters the investments made from Singular DTV into these entities. At best, this would represent a conflict of interest between Singular DTV and any associated artist or other entity and those of an outside supporter slash investor. To date, for a two-year-old project, the code company that Singular DTV is has exercised little to no effort of communicate disclosures of revenue flow of original TGE funds raised by Singular DTV to fulfill the original intent of Singular DTV's 2016 white papers. Uh, there, there's no revenue flow for artists because the Singular DTV suite of applications, particularly the EtherVision, hasn't launched yet. So there is no portal yet, you know, for artists to connect with their audiences. The engine, right. So, and, and also, you know, again, if you expect EtherVision to look and feel like Netflix or Apple TV as soon as it launches, uh, you're gonna be sorely disappointed. Uh, this is a, a phased rollout of functionality based on a technology that's that's pretty new, you know. Uh, it's it's also really important to note that okay, Singular DTV, we're we're still in the pre-revenue phase, and this pre-revenue phase is going to continue until uh, number one, our suite of applications uh, they're launched and they're running as an ecosystem, uh, and number two. Uh, until certain regulatory, legal, and compliance infrastructure is completed. Um, actually, really, it's only those two. Uh, we, we need our applications out there uh, running as an ecosystem, and, and we need our entire regulatory, compliance, and legal framework infrastructure uh, complete. Uh, we hope, we, we plan, we strategize that these two things will intersect at the exact same time. That's the entire point. You know? So uh, it's only been two years. Exactly. Which, which means we're just at the beginning. You know, pioneering blockchain technology takes time. Building what we're building takes time. Those that are familiar, as I've mentioned before, with such complex situations, they understand this. Those that are not familiar with these type of situations, they're going to be frustrated with us. And again, you know, it, it's important to realize it's only been two years. It's only been two years. I, 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 would, I would venture to say nearly all the companies that launched when we did in 2016, they're out of business. Most of the companies that launched in 2017, they're out of business. We, we will continue to go about our mission in, in the best way we feel to move forward. Number four says, lack wait, of wait, intent. I'm sorry, Miguel, hold on. There, there's more? Yeah, there are a couple of more questions. How many more questions are there? I, we, gonna, have, I, we have five questions more. Five more questions. Can we table this for another discussion? Because we're running over and I've yeah. got meetings piling up. And if I yep. get behind right now, uh, it, it's going to affect the next 72 hours. I'm going to have to push everything back. Yeah, actually, no, for the rest of the week. So, no, no worries. Uh, let's, let's, let's table these. Um, I'm looking forward to answering them. Uh, it is a little frustrating that uh, a lot of these make so many different assumptions that aren't accurate uh, to what we're doing. So uh, let's, let's just table this for another discussion. Maybe what we can do is answer these when we have a whole new set of questions from the community. Uh, if we can get another set of questions that have been so uh, uh, interesting and, uh, to answer, um, let's, let's do that at another, you know, part two. Let's do a part two. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do a part two and at, at this point in time. Thank you, um, Urius, for this uh, set of questions. They're really interesting. We're gonna tackle this um, pretty soon. But this episode wraps up 
Singular Forces' first season. It started with CEO Zach LeBeau, and it ended. It became full circle right there. Oh, cool! This is the last episode. This is the, the last episode of the first right. season. Congratulations! Second, yeah, thank you. Second season is going to be a. Uh, there's going to be a complete different format, and I'm looking forward to that. There's uh, we're going to have more people coming on board of this. And we're actually going to be uh, releasing one of the episodes with our producer today, Hushinuda uh, Shukaroa from Detained. Thank you for being here and helping us out in this episode. Thank you to the community. And Zach, thank you for taking your time. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you.